Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Fueled by Weird podcast, the only podcast to make soap out of scroll fat. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with my friend, publisher of part-time comics, John Westoff. John, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. All right, so since this is technically the first time we're meeting, um, and I think we got introduced by our mutual good friend, Chad Perkins. Never say um, that sentence again. <laughs> yeah he he wouldn't appreciate me talking so highly of him i'm sorry chad he's probably not going to listen to this but that's okay <laughs> um so i like to start things off with an icebreaker question so icebreaker question for you today if you could listen to only one band or artist for the rest of your life who would it be well i feel like you asked that on, on one of the shows i listened to and i i thought i was prepared until exactly right now when you asked <laughs> it and now my mind has gone blank so well, you're my, listening to other episodes. That's awesome. I appreciate my, that. No problem. My favorite band is Primus. So automatically I want to say that. But I think the band, it's weird to say my favorite band is, I think, Primus. But the band I adore the most, who really opened me up to so much more music, who I, I don't think I could live without, is the Talking Heads. Which oh, is weird because, nice. you know, we're here today to talk about a heavy metal comic. But, um, yeah, the, I just adore David Byrne and the Talking Heads, I, I could listen to them endlessly. Um, I don't think, if, I don't really think they have an album that I don't like, whereas Primus in their later years is, it's fallen off a bit for me. Is it, you know, still good, but not great. Uh, but sure. yeah, I'll, I'll go with Talking Heads. That works. Well, and that's okay. You know, we're here to talk about a heavy metal comic, but you know, we don't, you know, you can find inspiration from the weirdest places. And if, you know, your favorite bands are not necessarily a favorite band, but a band that you like listening to is not heavy metal, you know, whatever, it works. Um, I would say for mine, like you, I wasn't always super into heavy metal. Um, I just listened to a lot. I used to always listen to rock, but not anything super heavy. The heaviest thing I I what got me into listening to heavy music was Metallica, and I get Metallica's not super heavy. But that was my gateway into heavy stuff because one day I found Kill Switch Engage and I've I've been locked in ever since, man. I I love them so much and I could just listen to them for there's a lot of times I'll just go to their Spotify page and just hit go and just just listen. It's so good. Oh, I love it. You know, I have a hard time with Kill Switch because I just love Alive or just breathing so much. So I, I I always want to listen to that, and then like my buddy Ray, he loves all their albums, and I like I I have trouble moving past that one because I just want to listen to that all the time. <laughs> that's that's a good one. That's so good, and so that means you're a you're a Jesse fan, probably. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I yeah. mean, I like Howard, and 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 that era was cool, but to me, it was, you know, it's like well, we could talk about Metallica too. I, I feel like it it's two different eras of the yeah. bands, even though obviously the core of Killswitch was the same. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool, you know, that you can do that over a long career. For sure. I think I'm the opposite. I'm more of a Howard guy, but I mean, I don't have a problem with Jesse, but I, I love them both. So that's good that and I know there's a lot of people that'll that are very split either one, either team Jesse or team Howard, but I'm I play for both teams. I mean, I could see how you could be that way for like Van Halen. Yeah. That change, but but kill switch was still a kill switch, but I still to me it. it I had my core time was with, with was Jesse in his short time before he left. And then the Howard era, I wasn't, it just wasn't at the time listening as much. So I, I just kind of still have that affinity for Jesse. And that, again, that first album just at the time was just 
It's so good. It's so it's one of one of my favorite ever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So fueled by weird. Um the concept, you know, you've probably heard this already since you've listened to other shows. It's basically, you know, the stuff that you're into that makes you who you are, that makes you the weirdo that you are. So let's go ahead and let's have you tell me some of the stuff that, that you're into that feels your weird. Well, this is an audio podcast, so uh, in case you decide to use the video portion here, if, if you were looking, you can see it piled behind me in my messy office. Um, yeah, I mean, my grandma took me to the comic shop at about 11 years old. I saw Amazing Spider-Man. I'm 99% sure it was 332, where Venom's jumping right at the cover, Eric Larson. Yeah. And and I was just hooked there ever since. I was like, oh, these things come out monthly. Oh, and there's older issues. Why is this 332? And what happened? Oh, Venom's in 331. I gotta I gotta track that one down. And it just that 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 collecting that you know the the, the cool villains and stuff just that just really uh made me a nerd for life, really. <laughs> nice. That and I definitely I come from a family of Disney nerds, so I've always been watching, you know, even though they're very popular, people wouldn't say that, but we've always been heavy into to uh, Disney movies, animation, um, love the Pixar stuff. But yeah, it, again, in the background here, there's a lot, I have a lot of Star Wars stuff, a lot of comics. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- those were my heavy influences early on. You know, comics and, and Star Wars were, were pretty big. Nice. And yeah, we, we are audio and video if we have, you know, decent video. So we'll definitely be putting this on YouTube. Thanks. So it'll be it'll be cool to see all the stuff behind you. Mine my basement is a mess so i just i'm in ron swanson's office right now so there's the picture of the <laughs> breakfast food right there i should probably um, do that too when i go on these interviews because it is kind of embarrassing <laughs> but you know what that's life <laughs> yeah that's true i mean mine's there i don't have anything super exciting right now it's still kind of a work in progress but it'll get there and we'll have some fun stuff all right um so you're a comic book writer um and i've read not a lot of your stuff yet. I I finished drumstick of drumsticks of doom, incredible. I need to get some more of your stuff because I'm very interested in in on the stack, um, as a fan of Magic the Gathering that I haven't played in years, but I really want to read your mag your magazine about that. Um, what got you into writing in the first place? Well, you know, somewhat of the the theme of drumsticks of doom, and thank you for checking it out, and thank you for the wonderful review. I definitely uh yeah hit you up to steal a steal a pull quote for a future uh please issue, but i um a lot of it was um i played in a band for many years since i was you know 14 i started playing bass and switched over to the drums when i was about 15 nice and i was in a band forever you know 10 15 years just uh, usually you know my closest friends we were you know we, we kind of reconfigured the band and some people would come in and out over time but it was really just a way to be creative with friends um, you know, we always did other creative things together. We made, you know, silly YouTube videos and, 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 you know, comedy stuff. And we were always like, you know, creating and doing stuff like that together. Well, as you get older, you, you know, family comes along, you're not with friends as much. Uh, you maybe not the, 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 the dream, so to speak of being in a band, you know, long-term is starting to die down. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly was like, you know, I, I'm, think i want to do something else creative and, and i was on this great amazing forum called the 11 o'clock comics forum uh a great forum for the podcast 11 o'clock comics and i just kind of threw it out there uh unbeknownst to one of my now best friends uh a stranger at the time bob garonellis responded and said yeah if you got some ideas you know let's 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 work together and we've you know worked together for 15 years since um you know he's co-created tons of projects for 
part-time comics to this day. So it was really just, I just wanted to try. I never really had that desire as a kid. I was never, you know, I was always more into the art and never, you know, half the time didn't even know who was writing it unless it was the artist also writing it. Yeah. And then as I got older and I was still reading comics, I was like, you know, I, you know, I've, I've written some stuff before, some comedy stuff and, and I've written music and, you know, I, I want to give this a try. So that was really how it started. I, I was never like a lifelong writer or never, you know, somebody who always had notebooks full of things. That was really my brother, my older brother. He would always get the blank um, pre-made comics and draw his own comics in it. He was a huge Rob Liefeld guy. So everybody had, awesome. some, you know, big swords and big muscles and everything. He, I was like, never, that was just not me. Uh, and yeah. again, until I got older and I saw some other people and I realized, well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I like comics. I like the medium and, and I think, it, it has the lowest uh, threshold to get into, right? You know, sure. and I was like, hey, give it a try. And, you know, here I am 15 years later and, you know, dozens and dozens of comics written under my belt. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, you've got, you know, several comics under your name now. And I did my homework on you. Uh, we've got Depowered, Up and Let's Go, The Simpsons Tribute, uh, <laughs> On the Stack, Child Possession Services, Bulletproof Chicken, and the one we're here to talk about today, Drum Six of Doom. So for all these amazing comics, including Bulletproof Chicken, that one stuck out just by the name alone. I'm very excited to look into that one. Um, where, how do you come up with the ideas for all this stuff? Most of the stuff, um, again, be, being a big fan of The Simpsons and kind of, <clears throat> you know, a lot of those irreverent uh, comedy shows and, and comedians like that, a lot of it is whatever is really funny like the bulletproof chicken literally was bob gar who i mentioned and i were in harold's chicken shack here in chicago and harold's chicken shack sometimes is 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 in neighborhoods where they need to protect their staff and there was some bulletproof glass there and we were eating chicken and you know he said hey it's bulletproof (laughs) chicken and i said that we're that's our next comic and then that was at c2e2 2011 or something like that and then the next year we had it had it written it out so a lot of times it's just you just go with that exciting idea which Again, coming from a music background, I was never the most proficient musician, but I just love that that spark that you get when you write music together in a room with people. And and sure, a lot of us could be studied in, in notes and, and, and write a beautiful sonnet by ourselves. I can't, but some people can. But there's something about that visceral part of writing music. And I try to do that with comics, too. It's really it usually starts with a scene, you know, just something pops in my head and then you got to build out from there. So Bulletproof Chicken really was, again. It, it just a, a funny joke between a friend and then it kind of launched from there uh and that's how a lot of a lot of my stuff starts and i'm like oh crap you know i actually have, if i'm gonna do this it, there has to be like a story and a reason for people to actually read it so i guess i should probably expand it <laughs> a little more <laughs> that's awesome yeah i know um some of those impulse ideas that you would normally like no this is a dumb idea we're not going to do this if you just embrace that idea it usually turns into the most awesome stuff like your bulletproof chicken idea or like I was reading a book by Felicia Day where she was talking about something about a dinosaur in a tuxedo. And I'm like, that sounds so dumb. And I was like, wait a minute. What about, you know, dinosaur in a tuxedo? Like that's James Bond as a dinosaur. Double O dino. That's, ama- that's amazing, right? <laughs> and like even uh, going back to talking about Chad again, he mentioned that he got a letter from his homeowners association. And then we started coming. He thought it was stupid what they wanted him to do. Then we start coming up with an idea that what if HOA is actually a cover for like, you know, aliens who crash landed on the planet Earth and, you know, they 
the homeowners association is just like a secret way to like keep them undercover, like kind of like a, um, the relocation program that the FBI does. <laughs> so it kind of spun off into a crazy thing. So yeah, those ideas that st- start out as something ridiculous, if you just embrace them and go with them, they end up being some really awesome stuff. I love that. Like uh, one that pops to mind is Metal Shark Bro. Yes. Um, by Bob France. And, uh, I and love Kevin that Cuff. book. Um, I love and, that book. And I apologize. I forget they're amazing artists, but <clears throat> Walter, I feel like comics, because really especially if you can draw yourself you you can come up with an idea right now as we sit and by tomorrow have the comic yeah and i think people should embrace that more because it's it's one of the few mediums you can do that in right you could Absolutely. probably do that in television you know there's gonna be so many edits and all there's the cost and everything like yeah comics we should really embrace more and that that is kind of part of the reason you know our, the title of the company is an x comics you know, because I, I love the indie comics scene and I love the underground comics and the people who staple their own books. And and, and I want some of that in part-time comics still. Uh, I, I, I enjoy that part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's good, you know, to, um, to grab onto that stuff because some of, you know, everyone's trying to do a superhero book. It seems like everyone needs to do like, there's this is my superhero book. They want to do my superhero book. I'll go and do all the crazy fun stuff. It's like, why not just do the fun stuff? Like not everyone has to have a superhero book, you know? Right. Right. And not, not every book. I mean, I, I definitely respect, you know, I, one of my favorite writers, Jeff Lemire. I mean, he has so yeah. such well thought out stories. You can tell yeah, he yeah. goes through the details, but um, again, comics is, is a lot. You, you, you can change, you know, you can write 12 pages and then, um, you know, change the story based on what you feel with the characters. And I, I get a lot of that from the art uh when i get art in i'm i'm very prone to change the script and let the artist know you know you know that that character looks so cool he needs more time or she needs more time um this that happens all the time too and and i think again comics is is a medium you can embrace that in so why not definitely agree all right so drumsticks of doom issues one through three are out now issue four is on kickstarter right now you can also pick up the other three issues as well is that number four Here's number three. Uh, number four, we need your help. Get it out there. So it hasn't printed yet. But yeah, th- uh, three issues are out so far uh, in in a little over a year and a half. Nice. I think Dan and I have been working on it for about two years. Uh, I think I approached about it. We tried to pitch it around a little bit. It didn't work out. But yeah, we've had three successful Kickstarters and, and, and off to a strong start so far. Yeah. So why don't we, uh, why don't you tell us, you know, for the people who, are unfamiliar with drumsticks of doom let's let's talk a little bit about talk a little bit about it so the short pitch for drumsticks of doom is what if black sabbath not the beatles became the most popular band in the world and thus the universe was changed forever musically and otherwise but our main antagonist lana just wants to play indie music in a heavy metal world when she's thrust she finds a magical pair of drumsticks and she's thrust into a circle pit to keep metal on the top of the charts so um it is very much you know that reluctant hero story of of you know she just she just wants to play music behind the scenes and 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 live her life and uh you know she comes across this magical pair of drumsticks really again started as a kind of a uh, just that thought of you know drumsticks are like wands wands you know what if you know a drumstick was kind of magic and then kind of had to build the story from there <laughs> and that's such that's that's a world i definitely wouldn't mind living in you know, a world where Black Sabbath's the biggest band in the world. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd be great. So, Which, you know, know, if the universe was just, would be the case, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
So um, you had mentioned that, you know, drumsticks are kind of like Wanzi kind of built the story from there, which is kind of a cool idea. You know, where, when, when did you come up with the idea of writing, writing a music book? Like, how did you come up with the idea? Well, it actually started probably about 10 years ago where I met the artist who, who I should mention, my co-creator on the book, Dan, Dan Doherty, essential to this book. He, I, I and Bob Goranellis again at the time were running a company called King Bone Press and we looked around and one of our close friends, Wendy Freeman, she was in a band and she was like, you know, we, we know so many people in the comics industry who were in bands, like we should do a book. And then, you know, the, the name comes in your mind. Oh, it'll, it'll be an anthology about bands. It'll be a bandthology. So we made bandthology, <laughs> the music anthology. Um, and she recruited a lot of the people who, who I still work with today and still uh, and friends with, uh, and then Bob and I, and uh, Ray Regner, and uh, just so many awesome uh, comic creators. Again, you know, we all, a lot of us came through music, uh, or also had music very heavily in our lives. Um, so we did three volumes of that. It was, you know, one of our biggest successes early on for for the company I was with at the time, Kingbone Press. Uh, Dan, at the time, I, I, I did not, I did not really know him in the comic scene. Wendy introduced us, his story in the book, was called Beast Beast in Me. And it was about himself at a younger time when he played a show at the Metro in Chicago. And he kind of made this uh, the, uh, a um, anthropomorphized uh, beast that was inside him after he played that show and that excitement. And if you've ever been in a band, you know what that's like. You're always kind of chasing that dragon, so to speak, if you play like a big show or, or you want to, or you go see other bands and you're like, oh, I want to be up there so bad. And his story was just six pages. First off, it was like the most beautiful black and white art. And that story just really stuck with me. And I really wanted to work with Dan since then. And, and Dan's, you know, before then and, and since then, it's, it's done tons of comics. And he's an amazing artist. And I just, I had the seed of an idea, again, of this woman who finds these magic drumsticks. And I just, I, I just kind of sat on it for a long time. And I built the story a little bit more, okay, you know she at werewolf kind of attacks her at at practice and then then it kind of grew from there well why did he attack her and then when i finally had enough of a story i uh, i finally approached dan to do it so it really started um you know about a decade ago i was really inspired a lot by books like scott pilgrim there's a book from magnetic press called uh, doom boy which i i'm always enthralled by those comics that can take the feeling of music a and put it into a comic, which is a soundless yeah. uh, medium. And that always just fascinated me. And again, I wasn't really confident enough early on to, to take that leap, but I knew if I did it, I needed an, a co-creator, an artist who understood music. And Dan isn't in a band. He's a, he's a gigging musician to this day. Um, he's actually supposed to play tonight. Um, he has a, a successful nice. solo band. So I knew I needed somebody who was an artist and understood that side. And I was, I'm so grateful that Dan was able to do it. So it's really the collaboration of Banthology and, and, and meeting Dan, you know, a decade or so ago that really sparked me to want to do uh, my own music theme book. That's awesome. And yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Scott Pilgrim. I, I've been listening to episodes of my old podcast from like 10 years ago. And I think I mentioned Scott Pilgrim on almost every episode and it's it's so so good and like you say you know it's you know it's a it's a book about music but you can't really hear it because it's a comic book so when the movie came out and beck was you know the guy who wrote all of <laughs> sex Bob's music i'm like that that fits so perfect that's that's 
I couldn't think it of does. a better person. And, and I've only watched the movie a couple times, and I do like it a lot. I think it's one of the yeah. best comic adaptations. But yeah, something about that that original, you know, Brian Brian Lee O'Malley, yeah, black and white. That just the fact I just love when like they're just like we're just in a band, and that wasn't you know the core of the story, but was you know a key yeah. part of the story. And I just I love that. Uh, and there's several other ones that I've read oh, yeah. uh, along the years, but I just I just love music in comics. It's just I don't know. It, it just it's just something that uh, I'm I'm definitely a mark for. So there's been yeah. and, and since I kind of had the seed for this idea. Maybe I waited too long because it seems like everybody else is having the same feeling because there's about a hundred books that have come up in the last, yeah. you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the Roadie from Tim Seeley and Murder Falcon and all these, uh, you know, cool books. Mur- and I'm like, man, I guess Mur- I waited a little too long. I could have led the trend. <laughs> Murder Falcon is so good. <laughs> um, and you mentioned, Mark, does that mean you're a wrestling fan living in Chicago? You know, I, I wouldn't say that I am a continuing. I definitely had my era. Uh, of, of you know wrestling you know stone cold rock era of, of raw sure. but i i would say i'm in i'm in recovery fair enough <laughs> and you know you had mentioned black and white comics i love the fact that you're you know i didn't expect yours to be black and white um i love that it's black and white though it works so much better for you know i think if it was a color book i think it would be a much different book um just with it being black and white i think it you know everything popped a lot more especially you know when the demon came out of lana um i really really like that that was that was a good choice to go black and white i appreciate you saying that that's always a tough decision in comics because we know um there there is a stigma you know people like their their colored books but um at first you know part of it was um again dan's original story that he wrote was in black and white for banthology and that that series continued to be black and white I've worked with other artists like Bob Gar and others in black and white. I love black and white art. Uh, I don't know what it is about it uh, that your brain just kind of computes it differently. Yeah, it kind of uh, gives that old throwback feel, kind of to like you know the comic strips from the newspaper. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and of course, I love Kelvin and Hobbs and all those too. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I approached him about it, and he's like, "Well, I, you know, I have a colorist in mind if you're interested." And I said, "Okay, you know." And then part of it is, of course, budget wise, it's like, well. It, you know cost control is a little better yeah with you know black and white art uh but again dan also did a series called bob howard plumber of the unknown which which is about a plumber who comes across like uh mythical creatures and things while he plums and again i just really think of dan's art in black and white he's done more way more in color now but i i just was very focused on i want to see dan draw in black and white and i'm so glad we did because after he turned in those first you know four or five pages i was like okay yeah we made the right choice uh we're going with this and of course black and white art just really feels like it fits heavy metal right yeah for sure i agree <laughs> so with this one uh this will finish up the story um what do we have coming up after that like how do you have like a certain you know number of issues in mind to wrap up the entire story of drumsticks of doom is it just as many as you can do like what's what's your plan for the future of drumsticks of doom well it's definitely it, the idea is to do three arcs, you know, nine to ten issues. So, you know, three or four issues each. Uh, the first arc was planned as three. And, and again, after seeing, um, you know, some of the characters and, and Dan's art, it definitely, it, it already ballooned into four. So don't quote me on that. The next arc is planned sure. for three issues and will probably be four or two because uh, Dan is amazing. But, okay. um, yeah, so, you know, nine to 12 issues was kind of the run. It definitely has, you know, a three arc phase to it. Um, and, you know, 
uh, I think when the next one comes out, people will kind of get where we're going with it. Cause you know, this was kind of her beginning, uh, you know, how she's thrown into the story and then the next uh, you'll kind of get the idea and then, you know, where it's headed at the end, but it's definitely a, a you know, in our, our scene, we call it a maxi series. You know, there's other stories to tell within there and, you know, some one shots or, or cool things I would like to do if, if, if we get the support and if, you know, Dan's able to continue with the book and, but uh, for now, you know, it, it's definitely planned to be three uh, kind of, you know, self-contained arcs. So you definitely have an end where you want to end up. Planned yeah. Out for that. Yeah. Okay. And I, not every series do, do I, you know, come out or, or every issue that I write, do I, I come with a definitive ending? I don't think this one has an exact, you know, this is exactly what will happen, but I definitely, I have that scene in my head of how, how it's going to end and where it's going and why she needs to kind of go through this arc. Um you know, or, you know, everyone in the story, hopefully, yeah. uh, needs to go through their arcs. So uh, this one, definitely, I have an idea where it's going, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely lots of potential for spinoff stories, because, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would love to see the origin of where the pet alligator came from. <laughs> um, And I'd love to see more of, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but the guy who runs the, the, uh, the music shop. Minico, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see more of that guy, just kind of to see how he kind of ended up where he is. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it yet, but I'd love to see more with him. He was he was a really cool character. Yeah, thanks for saying that. He was uh definitely he was just someone she was passing by in that scene when it was originally written. And again, once I saw Dan's art, I'm like, Oh, this guy's in the book. This is you know. Uh, he's, he needs a bigger part. I just like yeah. the way he drew him, and, and then I kind of thought of his background. Because Dan and I really we started with the first, I don't know, was eight pages was supposed to be a pitch for the yeah. series. So we sat on that for a while. So that gave gave me time to kind of percolate, you know, and, and us to think about uh, the characters. And so that that original scene, you know, with her, and, and that is available on Kickstarter. So we're not spoiling anything. You can see the first, you know, ten pages on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, that that first part was really the start of the story um and uh yeah again you know you, you don't always have especially those kind of side and background characters you got to let them come to you a little bit and how they interact with the, the the main character so to speak and that he's definitely an example of that and i definitely have an idea for a spinoff for him <laughs> nice that's awesome <laughs> all right well you know once this kickstarter ends you know what's what's next from part-time comics well i'm glad you mentioned bulletproof chicken because uh that is definitely probably the easiest comic to sell that I've ever um, been a part of. And uh, a lot of people, <laughs> especially a few of my closest friends keep asking, when is it coming back? So Bulletproof Chicken this fall will make his triumphant and, and, and hopefully final return after 10 years awesome. uh, for the 10 year anniversary. We're going to do one final issue. And then hopefully if that does well, you know, be able to collect all three issues in the trade. Cause it's only two issues right now. We've had those for a while. And uh, finally, you know, talked with Bob and we have a way we kind of want to wrap up uh, where we want to go with it. Um, it's still going to be crazy and over the top and, and bizarre story, but uh, I hope people enjoy it. So that's that's coming out this fall. You mentioned as well, Depowered, that series is coming to a conclusion. Also with issue three, uh, my uh, uh, co-creator and artist, Ronaldo Lay, is finishing that as we speak. Um, nice. Uh so that is coming to a conclusion as well. And the return of another series co-created by Bob Gar Arnellis, Child Possession Services, will have its second issue this fall as well. 
we've tentatively planned to do them all at once, as we did with the last Kickstarter, uh, where we did multiple issues at once because, uh, you know, I'm a masochist and I like to um, <laughs> torture myself with logistical issues and trying to figure out, sure. you know, finances and stuff. So, yeah, what the hell? They're all going to be done about the same time. Let's just put them out into the world at the same time and save myself from having to run, you know, three separate campaigns. <laughs> that works. Well, yeah, so three, three more issues. And then if we can get that across the line with drumsticks, there is part of the campaign is a stretch goal to see the series continue sooner rather than later. Um, you know, part of that is, is a big part of this is to keep Dan's a full-time working artist. We got to keep him, keep him employed. So uh, if, if we reach the $6,000 stretch goal, our hope is to do the trade paperback uh, in late 2023, early 2024, followed by the next issue of that series. Sweet. And with Bulletproof Chicken, the new Kickstarter, we can catch up on old issues, yeah? Catch up on old issues? Um, yeah, well, we have all the old issues. I, I will say I have a limited supply of uh, the Bulletproof Chicken Nuggets, our, our anthology series we did with it. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, excited to, to get those out, hopefully to new readers. Uh, awesome. again, that's been one of our, one of our biggest successes o- over the last decade. <laughs> yeah. That one and on the stack are definitely two that I'm, I mean, I want to read all your stuff, but those are the two definitely that I'm, I'm looking forward to catching next, hopefully. Very it. cool. Well, yeah, you know, when you're ready to go, let us know. We'll be happy to, you know, you have you back on, we can do some more stuff to help get the word out. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So um, final thoughts. Um, what's some advice you'd give for some up and coming creators, some aspiring creators, or maybe someone who has the drive to create that just hasn't started yet? Well, again, especially if, if, if we're talking about comics, uh, I know this is probably a cliche at this point, but just do it, right? Write something, draw it yourself, even if you don't, you, you quote unquote, don't know how to draw. Go through that process because that, uh, you know, actually until recently, I had not really done any art and for Up and Let's Go, I did a, a short story in there myself. And I, I think that's very important for anyone, even if you end up just focusing on writing, to go through that process. You have a lot of empathy for your co-creators. If you draw, color, letter, print, publish your own book, if you go through that whole process, um, again, I, I think that will help you as a creator in general. So just do it. Even if it looks bad in the end, uh, nobody has to see it. You show it to a couple of close friends and then you go from there. And my other advice to people is always start small. Uh, I, you know, that probably gets said a lot too, but I meet a lot of co-creators and bless their heart when they, they, they come in, you know, balls to the walls and they're like, you know, I got a hundred issue epic, you know, I'm going to be the next walking dead next uh, hundred bullets. If you haven't done it yet, just, just focus on a short story, a one shot. Uh, have that nice self-contained, you know, then you can kind of analyze it when it's done. Uh, that's always my biggest piece of advice. Now, again, I respect people who go in. I, I definitely started with a much longer story and it kind of lost its way because I, I, I wasn't focused enough as a creator yet. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a false start to my career as, as a writer too. So that's what something I always like to tell people. Just start with yeah. a six to 12 page story. See, see what you got in the end and then if it's something you like you can always expand it uh into more but you know do a beginning middle and end story um and, and get through that first and then then start working on your 100 issue <laughs> that's good advice i mean i know personally i've been guilty of you know i'll have an idea and i'll think of all the potential steps ahead and where i'd like it to be 
And then sometimes you can get frustrated because where you want to be is not where you are. And you have such a long way to go to get to where you want to be, but you can't get there without doing all of the little steps to get to there first. So that's, that's really good advice. Yeah. And maybe that is, I'm a social worker by day. So maybe that's the social worker in me, you know, uh, encourage, you know, doesn't mean you give up on your dreams. I would never discourage someone from, from saying, go for it. Yeah. Uh, but if you set smaller, more attainable goals that will motivate you more, it, it's just, it's just proven, right? If, if, yeah. if you know, if, if I break up drumsticks of doom into three arcs and I only get through the first arc, I still, I have that goal. I did it. I have this awesome book that Dan and I created. That is something. But if, if, if I say, Oh, I never got to the, the next 50 issues. Well, you know, again, you're still a comic creator. You're still out there creating. Uh, if you only set your goal so hyper-focused on, on one ending, then uh, you're bound for disappointment, right? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, if you want to be a writer, like we're going to go back to writing because, you know, I'm, I'd like to consider myself a writer too. I haven't done a lot lately, but, you know, if you find that you don't have enough time to get writing in, but you want to be a writer, you know, even if you were to do like 50 words a day or just something crazy like that, you know, if you do 50 words a day every day for a week, you know, that's at least you're doing it. You're like you said, making the small steps, you're taking these small little pieces and making it a lot more manageable that, you know, after, a, you know, a month, you're going to have something that you wouldn't have had a month ago. Absolutely. Again, don't sell yourself short, but um, if my only goal is to play in Metallica, that's not going to happen. I'll guarantee that at 42 years old, they got a lifelong drummer. I'm not my. I'm yeah. not going to reach that goal, so I'll disappoint myself. But if my goal is to play drums, then what does that mean? I can play in, you know, cover bands. I can play on my own. I can teach my kids. So, so again, just being satisfied with uh, that part of it, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, people would have a happier life if they accepted those those small steps. You're still doing what you want to do. Yeah, I agree for sure. All right. Well. Um... Let's go ahead and give you a chance to plug your stuff. You know, let's plug the Kickstarter. Where can people find you? Yeah, so the Kickstarter, uh, search Drumsticks of Doom on Kickstarter. Uh, hopefully we picked a unique enough name. <laughs> Things should come <laughs> up there. Or Part-Time Comics with an X again on Kickstarter. We'll come up to our, our page. You can follow along, you know, for future Kickstarters. We're also Part-Time Comics, again, with an X on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for some reason, is part underscore time underscore comics but again if you search part-time comics the next you'll find us on all that stuff my my most frequent social media is twitter so if you want to see me talk about the aforementioned magic the gathering that's mostly what i do on twitter so you know come on there and let's talk about some magic cards and sling some spells very cool and uh some housekeeping on our side um we'd like to thank our sponsor w energy w is formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crash Go to w.gg, use the code GEEKNETWORK for 10% off your order. Um, also, another new sponsor is Mammoth Headwear, I'm wearing right now. Um, one size fits big. They're hats made specifically for dudes or ladies with large heads. Hey. I've always I've always had an issue with not getting hats to fit, and this is three notches. That's, that's huge. That's incredible. <laughs> I've never had a hat fit so well. You know, it's um, something I hadn't even thought about, uh, but yeah, that that is an under uh, underexplored market because I definitely have a big head too, and my son yeah. is approaching even bigger than mine, so he'll never find a hat if they don't. <laughs> Dude, they don't come I I have ne snapbacks I've never been able to wear, even with extenders or the duct tape. It's never worked. Like I said, this is three notches and it fits. It fits a little bit too big, so it's been incredible. 
So you can actually go to their site, mammothheadwear.com, use the Code Geek Network for 10% off. So it's pretty awesome there. Uh, tpublic.com, look up Geek Network Entertainment for all shirts for this show, for other shows, and for other nerdy goodness there. Um, geek-network.com is the website. Find all sorts of nerd news there. Uh, Geeks AZ on Twitter and Instagram. Geek Network on Facebook. Um, IMCD is weird on Instagram. Um, the music for the show is by Polygon Horizon. Check them out on Bandcamp. They're great. Uh, Nintendo chords, Nintendo music mixed with with rock. It's it's incredible. It's a great song. Um, the logos for the show are done by my friend Chris Chandler and Mike Belcher. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Chandler Doma on Instagram and Twitter and Mike Belcher, Mike W Belcher one on Twitter. And Mike W underscore Belcher on Instagram. Like you mentioned, Instagram likes to do lots of underscores. I don't know why. It's pretty <laughs> pretty wild over there. And if you like the show, please leave a review. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is our best friend, and it's very much appreciated. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly. John, thanks for coming. Thank you, sir. <laughs>